Welcome back to the Practice Purchase Podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 2. We are talking again demographics with Kent Miller and King, Kevin Klingshern, the owners of Dentographics, one of the most popular, um, if not the most popular, uh, demographics research firm for dentists in the country. Uh, and so if you think of you know this episode, uh, Episode 2, think about uh, like using Google Maps uh, and zooming in on an area. You know, we, we've taken it, tried to take a country view, like a country um, specific view. And now we're, we're narrowing things down to maybe a city or a specific state or a set of states where a dentist might want to look for a practice or maybe trying to decide between multiple practices in that specific area. And uh, this is one of those, this is where things start to get, um, you know, interesting. You guys, you dentists, uh, by nature, tend to be very detail-oriented, which is a good thing. I want my clinician, I want the person working on my teeth, moving my teeth around, pulling my teeth out, to be very detail-oriented. Uh, but this is where you guys can get in trouble. There are a lot of things that are really important about uh, the city or the state or you know the neighborhood or whatever that you're going to practice in. And there are some things that maybe aren't as important as you might think. By way of example, I live in Draper, Utah. It's about 20 miles south of Salt Lake. And um, there, I counted one time, there are 22 general practicing dentists, GPs, in a two-mile radius of my house, all right? And um, we needed a new dentist. This is a couple years ago now. And um, I did like, you know, the same thing that most every patient does. I popped on Google Maps. I typed dentists near me. And I saw how many there were. And I thought, well, this will be an interesting experiment. And um, I called every dentist on that list, all 22 of them. And I called them, it was between 10 and 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. All right, this is when every practice should be open. And uh, to my shock and somewhat uh, dismay, I was, I, I, frankly, I was just shocked. Only 12 of the practices even picked up the phone and only two of the offices could answer some very basic questions about appointment scheduling and membership plans, that kind of stuff. Um, so why am I telling you this story? Well, not to make the point to, uh, to not move to Draper, Utah. If you want to move to Draper, there's actually plenty of good locations. Why I mention the story is that I think dentists believe that demographics will make or break them as a practice owner. And while it's true that demographics in a city or a state can provide a headwind or a tailwind for you as an owner, it's far more true that your business skill, once you're established in a specific place, will make a far bigger difference as to how successful you are. If your patients are calling you between 10 and 11 a.m. on a Tuesday and no one's picking up the phone, that's not a demographics issue. That's a practice management issue. That's an owner issue. So take a listen as I talk to Kent and Kevin about, you know, what types of things should you be thinking about from a city and a state and maybe even a neighborhood uh, point of view? Let's shift gears now. Let's talk about um, a dentist who has identified a location they want to live in, or maybe two or three, right? They're open to living in Houston or Austin or Dallas, or, you know, I, I could live in, uh, North Salt Lake, or, you know, I could, I guess I could go down to St. George and kind of be down in the desert. That's fine. Anywhere in between. All right, fine. You've got, you've narrowed your search down to a specific state or city. Kevin, how do I determine what a good area is, right? What you, you've referenced now, some metrics and some numbers and things. Talk to me about what some of those metrics and numbers are that I need to keep in mind. <clears throat> So if you've narrowed it down to a 
an area. Let's just use Austin as an example, easy yeah. one. Um, what you need to do now is figure out where within the greater Austin region is going to be a good place for you to target your acquisition. Well, you want to, I mean, our reports help you do this and some of our tools do as well, but you want to pick out a submarket, a pocket, a neighborhood, et cetera, where acquiring a practice is a little bit different because you do need an inventory of available practices around. Um, of course, you could have a dream situation where you find a little island practice that's in an awesome area and they're for sale. But realistically, if you're trying to purchase a practice, you need to narrow down within greater Austin, a good submarket, neighborhood, pocket, et cetera, uh, that matches your practice strategy in terms of demographics. And competition is not too over the top competitive, but also you know that within those pockets, you're going to have a few opportunities to you know, get a buying conversation going, kind of like how Kent was talking about using uh, the mailers are starting to work with the practices in those areas because there's some areas in Austin, for example, that, you know, are, are super competitive. And if we were to work with a doctor on that, we'd probably not recommend that they target practices in these specific areas. Um, so Kevin, know, let me, let like me interrupt you. Define super competitive, competitive and not competitive. Like what are the numbers behind that phrase? We recommend a, a number that's been around for a bit is, you know, 2000 residents for every dental practice. Okay. That is a different, I think, number to kind of go off of. If you're in the Bay Area, it's different in Austin. It's different in Chicago, whatever the case. Um, we'd want to see anything north of that. We're not going to obsess over having, in, in, you know, 5000 residents per practice. Um, we want to look at different scales of analysis. So, you know, we can just cherry pick a two mile radius and say, okay, well, there's, you know, 30,000 residents, 10 practices, therefore it's 3000 residents per practice. But when you blow that up, uh, to a, you know, bigger scale, like a three mile, then all of a sudden it becomes way more competitive because you just picked up all these practices that were neighboring, um, going back to it though, the, the area analysis or not the area analysis, but the, the point of when you're trying to narrow down within a greater area, it's about finding a, like a pocket, a neighborhood submarket. Again, that competition, not over the top demographics match what you're looking for and some inventory of available practices and also population density. So just a lot of people living within the area. So you got a large market and that's going to be uh, probably a good signal too, of there being more practices available to target. So that 2,000 residents per doctor, mm -hmm. let, let me um, kind of just work on some common questions I get around that number. <clears throat> First of all, I, I love that you said it's not a hard and fast rule. You're going to have some right. areas where at best it might be 1,000 per dentist or you know, some areas where you might want to see maybe 3,000 per dentist. Okay, but but decent rule of thumb is 2,000. And is that 2,000 people or households? I, I think I heard you say people, right? Yeah, 2,000 residents okay, per people. practice per practice and is that what if i've got a practice with two doctors in it does that now do i need four thousand residents for that one location with two doctors i wouldn't say so um it, it's it's hard to not all practices are built different right. um but we, we we can't we can't i guess figure in everything sure. uh when we go back and we say you know how competitive is this area yeah okay. yeah yeah the, just to add on to that a little bit there's, of course, always some degree of unknown, right? It'd be great if we could say, hey, doc, open your practice at 123 Main Street here. 
you're going to produce exactly $1.2 million next year if you open at that location as opposed to this other location where you'll produce 1.1. Um, we call that, uh, Brian, the detail of uh, how many doctors are at a practice. We call that character of competition and the number of doctors that are there, uh, you know, all, everything about that practice. Uh, is it a prominent marketer? Um, what kinds of services do they offer? All of that goes on, falls under that umbrella of character of competition. Got it. Here's how I would describe it. I'll, you know, my little area of Southern Salt Lake City. I think, Kevin, you said a two-mile radius. Um, I've got, as the crow flies from my house, 22 doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- sorry, 22 dental offices in the two-mile radius of my house. I, ass- I assume you would characterize that as a very high competition area. Is that true? It depends how many people. Yeah, that's true. I didn't give you the population. Yeah, it's it's right. not... Um, I don't think, oh, I don't know, a two mile radius. I mean, it might be 44,000 people, but probably mm-hmm. not. Okay. So then I might say, all right, there's a lot of competition. Um, by the way, is it, uh, am I drawing a circle around a point on a map or am I doing like a drive time analysis? Like, you know, you use a two mile radius. Is there, are there yeah. other, you know, versions of, of, of radius that I should think about? When you're, when we have a specific location and you're wanting to know is, you know, is this a good location? Is it competitive? Um, there's probably not one perfect scale of analysis. So the two scales of analysis that we use are drive time and radii, um, a common, so we've, we use three of each that we, when we look at a specific location, um, commonly we'll use two, three, five mile radii, and then a five, a 10 and a 15 minute drive time. Um, Got to take into account population density, hard boundaries. Um, yeah. A, a good rule of thumb, though, like if we're in where you're at in southern Salt Lake City, I bet a three-mile radius is probably a pretty good depiction of the the patient base or the potential patient base, the number of practices, level of competition. If you did a, you know, a 15-mile radius, then you're just getting all of Salt Lake City. And right. I don't know how useful that is when you're looking right. at that location. But if I'm in Dyersville, Iowa, which by the way, where um, yeah. Field of Dreams was field, filmed, um, like I would want to do a 15 mile radius, right? You know, yeah. I'd want at least a big enough radius that I can capture the people that would be willing to drive to my office. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah. as big sense. of a market is that you could pull from, that's kind of how big you'll open it up. Right, to. and, and, and it's, in some cases, usually actually radii are better. Most people are surprised by that. I was actually surprised by that. Uh, so when we started the business, we were only doing radii. Then we added in drive times, and we just assumed naturally drive times are going to be better. What we actually found was that drive times skewed to be more competitive for some technical reasons. Basically, you can just get on a highway, you can drive through a bunch of commercial areas, get off, you know, get off the highway, get off into those commercial areas, but then you can't get into all the surrounding residential areas. So we're picking up competition, like for miles and miles and miles, but not the surrounding residential areas. So that's why we look now at a, at a blend, um, three radii, three drive times, as Kevin mentioned. And the idea is that you're picking up the potential patient base and competition. So, of course, it varies from Manhattan to you know rural West Texas, different scales of analysis. None of them are going to be perfect on their own unless you're on like a small island in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, really the, the point is that you're using reliable scales of analysis. Okay. Yep. Um, Ken, you talked about something I'm going to touch more on when we talk about a specific practice. You talked about the character of the competition. Yeah. I, I don't know. We're not going to miss that, but I am going to come back to that. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, 
that's that's making sense. Let me ask uh, two more questions about a state, city slash region, and then let's move on to specific practices. But um, the the first is, are there that one to two thousand number? I've heard a lot, and I think there can be a danger in in some of these analyses tools of people dismissing practices because they didn't hit some preconceived notion of, of a comment they read in a Facebook group or on dental town somewhere or something like that. So um, I think you guys have done a decent job of telling us that, Hey, there's some subtlety to this. There's an art to demographics analysis. It's not just a one size fits all set of numbers that you have to check some boxes in order to go buy a practice. But are there any dangerous rules of thumb when it comes to demographic analysis around a city or a state We'll talk about specific practice statistics here in just a second, but are there any cringeworthy comments you see come up a lot that you're just like, oh man, if I could wave, you know, wave a magic wand and wipe this comment off the face of the earth, it would be X. People get a little bit, I think, too hung up on just growth mm, of an area. Growth. Okay. Um, growth is it's pretty unique to each different city. Sometimes the state, but mostly city in the United States. You know, Chicago hasn't been growing much in the past 10 years, but that doesn't mean that they don't need dental offices and that, that you can just go to Houston or Phoenix or one of those, you know, hyper growth regions um, where growth then you go over there and it all kind of looks the same. So you don't need to prioritize one pocket of Houston because it, it already has developed over another pocket that is you know, just broke ground in the past few years and the numbers look insane. Um, it, the whole, the whole region's really healthy, Got it. But, but people do, I think they, they bring that up a lot is I want to find a growing area of Houston. It's like the yeah. whole thing's growing. There's no way. If, if, like, if this were an iPhone, like an iMessage conversation, I would do the exclamation point emojis right now because <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you're a hundred percent, right? Um, people put way, way too much emphasis on growth. Not to mention growth. We're talking about the future. I mean, nobody can nobody can see the future, right? Uh, if you had said, "Hey, I'm opening my practice in Vegas in 2008 uh, because you know there are going to be all these new houses over here," uh, you'd have been very disappointed in 2009 when literally none of those houses were going. Yep. So um, y- there is some risk about things that haven't been uh, built yet, uh, as opposed to what is on the ground now, uh, and as Kevin alluded to, um, you know, Chicago, Cook County, Illinois, those are not growing areas. Uh, there are, of course, are successful practices in that region. So um, it's absolutely not the only factor for us. Really, it's kind of in the medium category of factors when we're looking at a practice. Got it. Okay. Not not irrelevant, but not the top of the list. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Any uh, last question on st- city, state, and region would just be when I go to denographics.com, um, you know, maybe I did the mailers and I've, I've, um, maybe gotten a few practices that's got me focused on a specific city or an area. Um, what tools should I be looking for to help me narrow down Kevin? Like you said, the, uh, the specific pockets in a specific city or something like that. Is there a tool that you guys have to help me there? Yeah, we have, we have literal tools and then we have, uh, custom reports. Custom report is more of the, you know, we do it for you approach where it's handwritten analysis, breaking down based on your practice strategy, the areas that we think you should be focusing your search. Then we have a site study that is assuming that you've settled up on one specific location that you're getting fairly serious about is 
123 Main Street, you know, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, located in a good market for a dental practice. On the opposite end of that, we've built out tools, um, demographics on demand, practice finder, uh, where these are tools where you can do a lot of this on your own. There's no handwritten analysis that comes with typing in a search of 123 Main Street, Salt Lake City, Utah, but you can see right away some of the more relevant um, figures when trying to narrow down, you know, is this the right location for you? So things like how many people live within a 10 minute drive time, a five mile radius, uh, how many people work in the area, what's the household income, what's the growth, home ownership, things like that. That's huge. And then also just uh, we have an area tool where you can draw out your own area and uh, input what's important to you, high income, low competition, and then see, you know, just right away update maps, see the areas within Salt Lake City that, that look more desirable based on those variables as opposed to the less desirable. And just to add on to that, that, so it's kind of two different approaches. One is custom consulting type approach uh, where we help you and you say, hey, I'm looking for a PPO type neighborhood. Uh, and we'll say, okay, doc, you know, here are the numbers uh, and this is what looks good for you. Uh, we'll point you in the right direction. The other one's more of a DIY approach, uh, which is actually a software kind of subscription service. Um, one thing that I'll add to what Kevin included there uh, as far as the variables that you'll get back is competition. So we've actually gone through, we've an in-house research team that's gone through and verified every practice nationwide. So you can type in 123 Main Street, Salt Lake City. I want to look at a three-mile radius or I want to look at a 15-minute drive time. And you'll see all of the competing practices in that area uh, that have been researched by our team. Uh, we've also rated those practices. Um, Brian, I know we're going to touch on character of competition, but uh, we've rated them based off of their online presence as well. I have... Um... <clears throat> I had a, a staff member of mine um, go through a couple cities and identify a few uh, selling dentists for this project we were doing. And I think it took her, I, I don't want people to skip over what you just said, Kent. Um, I think it took my staff member somewhere in the neighborhood of like 30 to 40 hours to do like one medium sized city. I think it was like Lawrenceville, Kansas and Topeka, like that kind of, and you know, and, and, and anyway, I'm sure she wasn't the fastest because it was the first time doing it. But what I heard you just say is, you guys have actually literally gone zip code by zip code and counted all the offices and verified addresses and everything else. Is that, did I hear that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we have an in-house research team so uh, <laughs> that just goes through and verifies all these practices. That's all they do all day, every day. Um, yeah. uh, thank God for them. Um, and uh, yeah, we've, we've already done that for you. So you don't have to go through Google and figure out, you know, is this the doctor's house? Google only shows you 20 results at a time and oh, maybe that one closed or this one's a duplicate of that other one. Cool. We've already done that for you. That's awesome. All right, guys. Thank you.